Hey, welcome to the Youth Pastor Theologian Podcast, where theology and youth ministry meet. You can learn more about Youth Pastor Theologian online at youthpastortheologian.com or find us on social media at Youth Theologian. I'm your host, Mike McGarry. Thanks for joining us for this conversation about practicing theology and youth ministry. I'm here in our online studio with Justin Shell. Justin is the U.S. Director of the Union School of Theology. He helps oversee the Reformation Fellowship. He lives in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where he and his wife have two kids, and Justin served for a season of time as an interim youth pastor. So, Justin, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Mike. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm a big fan of what you guys are are trying to do and uh, the vision of youth pastor theologians, and so excited to be here. Yeah, we're we're glad to have you part. So could you just uh, fill us in a little bit about uh, Union and Reformation, Reformation Fellowship and uh, what, what are those ministries all about and how could listeners get involved? Yeah, yeah. So Union is a ministry based in the UK led by Dr. Michael Reeves. Uh, folks might know him from his books, Delighting in the Trinity or Spurgeon on the Christian Life or several others. Um, uh, it does have a school of theology, which you mentioned. And so we're training people. So it would be a seminary level, a master's, well, actually bachelor's through PhD, um, training folks in robust theology, uh, hopefully um, graduating with hearts that are just as warm and full as their brains will be afterwards. And so you can do that on campus in Wales or uh, from o- almost anywhere in the world now. We have online communities as well as in person. and. We do some publishing. We support church plants and church revitalizations as well. And um, so that's kind of the ecosystem of train them up, help fund the work, and um, and then resource them as they go. So that's Union. And Reformation Fellowship is just a, a platform we've created to be able to link up with other like-minded ministries um, like, like YPT, like... Um, Others who uh, share kind of the the distinctives of robust reformed theology, but wanting to wanting to uh, this warm piety, you might say as well, yeah, and uh, yeah. all of that issuing in in gospel mission. So, um, yeah, that's Union and Reformation Fellowship. Yeah, well, I, I'll just tell you that first uh, Reformation Fellowship call that that I was a part of it was just it really was uh, very encouraging and mm. i was i i left the call just feeling really encouraged and mm. refreshed and um, yeah i'm all in i'm uh-huh. all in i i love what you guys are <laughs> yeah. doing with that oh, so i'm happy I'm, I, mean, I still have no yeah. idea how in the world i got invited <laughs> um but uh imposter syndrome and all right but I, I was just like wow this is this is incredible i'm so encouraged by what's happening here it's just a uh, warm hearted guys and gals that are are linking arms and so i I think yeah yeah we just feel glad to be with each other uh, when we can and and uh, want to encourage so yeah glad you could be Mm -hmm. on that call and looking forward to many more yeah agreed well today we're going to be talking about law and gospel uh what is this uh doctrinal distinctive 
and why does it matter for youth workers? So I'm really excited to to learn from you and to hear from you. Uh, before we dive in, I think it's always fun to get to know our guests as teenagers. So Justin, when you were a teenager, what was your favorite TV show and mm. why? Yeah, let me give you the why first. I um, see I was I had a very scarred childhood, not like many scarred childhoods that you may hear about, but I happen to be the son of a mother who loved all things horror movies. And so at four, when the first Freddy Krueger movie came out, I watched it. And when the oh second one came out a year later, I watched it. And then Friday the 13th <laughs> and Pumpkinhead and I mean, just scarred. I, I yeah. had nightmares yeah. every night for 12 years, probably. Okay, so oh, man. Um, that's that was my, the Lord's still um, doing his work in that. But um, But that leads me to say my favorite show as a teenager was Unsolved Mysteries. Um, because part of it was like we're, we're solving some of these real, um, yeah. real horror movies. But I also I, I kind of liked the um, they would sometimes highlight historical um, mysteries as well. Shroud of Turin, yeah. the the um, yeah. staircase yeah. out in Santa Fe, really cool staircase. And so that was like the Indiana Jones part of me. So. Yeah, that's that's it. Unsolved mysteries. They're redoing it now. I think it's very different. And but if you ever heard Robert Stack's voice come on with the unsolved mysteries theme song playing, I mean, I still get, I still get the the heebie-jeebies. So, oh man, yeah, no, <laughs> that's me. My, so my parents were like super sheltering of that stuff. Like yeah. I wasn't even allowed to watch WWF wrestling mm. until I went to my friends' houses. And so, um, yeah, none of those movies, um, I, I was just terrified of them because I think my, my parents had just trained me up to just, nope, don't yep. watch that. I was but terrified we, of we them We did too. watch, yeah, we did watch <laughs> Unsolved Mysteries every once in a while because I'm, I'm the youngest of four. Uh, so on occasion, one of my older siblings would be watching it and I'd yeah. come in the room and as soon as they noticed me, they'd, they'd kick me out so I'd be very quiet. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, it was always a nightmare night whenever yeah. I'd watch Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, yeah, nightmares for years. So I, <laughs> by God's grace, uh, not so much anymore. That's, All right, well, me. let's uh, sanctify our minds here <laughs> with with the gospel. <laughs> How's that for a transition? Let's do it. Um, so so when we're talking about law and gospel in the youth ministry, uh, we're not just talking about um you know, don't break the law and you're, you're going to get arrested and uh, just doing evangelism, right? So well, what do we mean by talking about law and gospel? That's a distinctive phrase that that means something in the world of theology. Yeah. So for those who, who aren't familiar, could you just give a, a basic summary of what we yeah. mean by law and gospel? Yeah. Even within theology, there's um, there's a couple of different things that could be meant by that. So. Um, someone may be, particularly if they're from a covenant background of some kind, or they're they're deep into biblical theology, they may be discussing law and gospel from a redemptive historical approach. So there's uh, just in the the history of redemption, there was under Moses the the Sinai covenant, there was the law, and you know, uh, sixteen hundred years or so later, twelve hundred years, um. My math wrong. Jesus comes and uh, <laughs> we get the gospel. Um, 
And so there's, it could be whether you're covenant or even, I say, a dispensational or uh, newer forms of, of biblical theology or uh, these systems yeah. of redemptive history. We're trying to order the events of scripture. Um, so law, in some sense, came before gospel. Of course, the pushback comes when we say, well, no, but Abraham was saved by gospel. <laughs> and, right. And so, but that's, that's one, uh, one thing that could be meant when someone's talking about law gospel. Now, um, and they may use the term law gospel contrast. And that, even that phrase can be used in the second sense, which is probably uh, the more meaningful, I think, in youth ministry is um, how, do, how does the law and the gospel work together in the life of yeah. people, particularly um, believers? And so uh, often people will point to Luther, who uh, was, is the great uh, theologian of law gospel contrast, mm-hmm. um, who in almost any passage in scripture wanted to draw out and help people see the law aspect of that, but then cause them to run to the gospel. And so in the life of a person then, um, or, or in the life of believers in particular, the law gospel contrast is um, what, what's the relationship of the believer to the law now that the gospel has come? Maybe that would be um, a way for New Testament uh, new covenant people to think about it. Um, what's the role of the law in my life? Because there seems to be a, a contrast. There seems to be in some places a conflict between the law and the gospel. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, in scripture. So I, I think those would be the two kind of technical terms. Um, yeah. Just if, if I can, uh, real briefly, uh, uh, another just basic way of thinking of this that I think is probably more helpful than the second would just be, what's the Bible say about what is God asking us to do versus the things in Scripture that we are meant to believe? And um, because there are, there is law in the Bible. Yeah. There are yeah. commands, mandates, uh, things like this. And so, it, practically speaking, we have to speak about the law and as well as the gospel, as people of the yeah. book, of the whole book, the whole Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the, one of the most helpful descriptions for me uh, that, I, that I've heard uh, was to frame it in terms of commands and promises uh, mm. or indicatives and imperatives, right? That what are, <laughs> what are we told to do uh, versus what are we promised to receive, mm. uh, right? In terms of law and gospel. And, um, yeah, so as we mm. think about law and gospel and youth ministry and um, evangelism and discipleship to the next generation, um, I think it would be really helpful to reflect on some different levels of confusion. Like, what what do you see in terms of Christians in general and youth in particular where there's confusion in understanding Christianity um, and equating maybe the gospel as like a new law? Right. And, mm. and so when we think about law and gospel, what are some mm-hmm. general things that you've observed in, in Christians in general, maybe parents, um, and then maybe some concerns for youth? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you still encounter a lot of Christians who 
um, maybe because they haven't really been able to see the big picture of Scripture um, all joined up in a coherent whole. I think many still feel like the law was the way you were saved. And maybe they would say in the Old Testament, but now there's gospel. Mm-hmm. And so there was, there's this idea of there was a time when people were expected to be good enough and to earn their salvation, but thankfully Jesus has come. Um, I don't, I don't, people don't usually say it that way until something happens and they, it clicks that <laughs> that's not, that's not how salvation has ever worked. Uh, it's yeah. never been by works. Um, and, uh, and then they begin to, kind of pick apart oh wow i i i i was getting that wrong or they'll see a passage that says something like the blood of bulls and goats could never could never cover sin yeah. um works can never save so i think there's still some of these that maybe have have just been around forever um I, you know i had a here in our learning community we, in tulsa with union we have a a graduate diploma and a master's of theology learning community here locally. And um, I think it was our first year and we were doing church history as one of the courses. Fourth lecture was the life and theology of Augustine. Yeah. And um, we listened to this lecture from Mike Reeves, great lecture. And just as I'm, I'm trying to facilitate conversation afterwards, I throw it open. Hey, why do we care? This is Tulsa in the 21st century, not, uh, you know, North Africa mm-hmm. um, in the in the fourth century. Why do we care yeah. about this? And um, I could tell the the wheels were spinning for one of my guys. And um, he said, "I just he was a youth pastor. I just realized all of my kids are Pelagian." Mm-hmm. Oh wow! <laughs> what do you mean? And he said, "Yeah, somehow, whether it's been explicit." said to them or they've just kind of absorbed it they've come to believe that the way to be right with god is by a certain list of things that you don't do typically you don't do certain things right and so you know we then spent the next 30 minutes trying to wrestle through well what would augustine say to your youth and and okay what's your plan to help them move that way but i think that's that's fairly normal and not just in a north american context but Mm -hmm. Um, but around the world that particularly youth, somehow, I, I'm sure it's the way the church is often depicted in movies and, and TV, um, but maybe it's the way we parent and even sometimes the way we pastor. Yeah. Um, that we still seem to communicate in a way that especially kids hear that the way to be right with God is um, is a certain list of things to typically that we don't do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that's really good, and well, it's it's not really good. That's a good observation. <laughs> it's it's a it's a tragic <laughs> it's a tragic reality. Um, yeah. Just how how much our our kids, frankly, are little Pelagians running around. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how does the gospel enter the conversation? Right, that when we're ministering to um, a bunch of students whose lives are filled with self help. Um, who are constantly told, right, if you can dream it, you can do it. If you want to become it, then you can attain it. Um, 
right? That it's like their entire world is so filled with do, 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 do. Um, what mm. is the role of the gospel in these conversations about law and gospel? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, some of the thoughts that come to mind, and I know we may talk about the uses of the law here in a minute, um, but I, I do think that we need to be clear on what the law is for. Um, you mentioned the imperatives and the indicatives, um, and it's good to know which is which, and we. it's also good to know what happens mm-hmm. when we either obey one yeah. of those imperatives or believe one of those indicatives. And those are yeah. very different things that happens in, yeah. uh, in the believer. So Abram believed God, or Abraham later believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, the, I think the first thing we have to do is, is help kids and parents understand there's only ever been one way to be right with God. And that has mm-hmm. always been through faith in, um, I'm going to say, the Christ. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, if, um, if you just heard someone yell, that's my, one of my kiddos. Uh, this is a youth pastor podcast, so if a kid runs in, it's okay, right? Hey, it's welcome. Yeah. Love we you, love Evie. kids. <laughs> um, yeah. So being clear on... Um, that it, it's never been uh, about uh, doing, about working. There's never been someone who's, who's uh, earned their salvation. Uh, I mean, other than, I guess, in the sense you could say Christ earned all of our salvations. Yeah. Um, and so being clear about that, I think um, when you do that, then that changes the conversation. It changes from, so Christianity's not just these things I do or don't do anymore yeah that's right yeah that's that's not the heart of of what we're talking about and so right. that that allows you to have, have a the the i think the right kinds of conversations to um yeah put the emphasis where it should be and um and things like that come back w- with that i want i'm not sure if i quite answered the question yeah no, it does. It does. I mean, the, the gospel is not just telling us to be like a better person, right? It's it's an invitation um to the Christ. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think it's good what you're what you're emphasizing here though is that um the law has never saved anyone. Mm-hmm. Right? It, that doesn't mean that we just toss it out and <laughs> become Martianites mm-hmm. um or antinomians um and and, and yet the the law has a really important role in ministry and mm-hmm. in holiness, um, and yet we need to, right? Uh, as all the all the buzzwords say, we want to be gospel centered. Mm-hmm. Um, so, could you just uh, briefly walk us through d- the different uses of the law? Uh, what do we mean by that? The di- uses of the law, and um, just kind of reflect on where we see that in, in community and in culture and in the church. And um, yeah, I think that could be really helpful for us. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if, um, if the law doesn't help me get right with God, what's it, 
what's it there yeah, for? Yeah, what good is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, historically, there have been a couple of camps, and, and I don't think, I mean, personally, I don't think they're as, as divided as, as someone make it out to be. So there's, there's typically, folks would point to Luther and Calvin um, and those around them, and those kind of descended from them theologically to point at two mm-hmm. different approaches. So Luther would would ha- say there's two uses to the law. There's the civil use, which is um, to restrain sin. And so even when the government creates a righteous law, we, we praise God that murder is a, is a crime. And um, mm-hmm. some people would, would say this is how the, the law is a curb. It, it, it curbs our, our sinfulness, yeah. all the ways we could be worse than we are. Um, and then Luther would say, so that's the civil, but he, he would then say, but there's a second, there's the, and the primary use of the law, he would say, would be the spiritual use, um, which is what you might call a, the law as mirror, that we hold up the law mm-hmm. and we see ourselves as lawbreakers in it. We're reflected yeah. back as those who can't keep the law, haven't kept the law, and the law then is able to convict us of sin. Uh, to point us to Christ, and so it is doing all these good things, um, even as we see uh, some of the bad things about ourselves. It's it's all about leading yeah. us to to see Christ as as our need, um, as the as the Savior, and um, and, and that's those two are both part of the the uh, the the position that would say there's three uses. So Calvin would say, yes, restrain wickedness. Yes, uh, it shows us our guilt and leads us to Christ. Uh, but then um, Calvin would say, particularly for the Christian, there is a third and principal use of the law, and that is an instrument to learn God's will. Uh, it's, it's to show us what a flourishing life looks like. It shows us how to behave as kingdom citizens, you know, different different phrases, but um, it doesn't just help curb evil in the world. It doesn't just point us to Jesus, but it actually helps us live um, holy, fruitful, yeah. good lives in the here and now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's good. And, and so I think that resonates with a lot of um, youth workers' desires to to help. We, I mean, we want to help teenagers, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we want to help them find, um, you know, peace in their mental health. Uh, we want to help them with their friendships and relationships mm. and with all, all this gender and sexuality confusion. Uh, there, There is a lot of um, real practical ministry. I, I kind of hate the word relevant uh, because mm. no one thinks that they're irrelevant. So it kind of sometimes we use these phrases that are buzzwords um, but sometimes it's like, well, if no one would ever claim the opposite, then is it mm-hmm. really helpful? So I, I don't love the word relevant, but everyone is chasing relevance and everyone is trying to to be culturally aware of what's going on in our world and in our culture and our ministry and to help students in the midst of that. Mm-hmm. But I think a, a lot of ministries are so focused on the law, on, on the three, three uses of the law, mm-hmm. that there's not really very much emphasis or focus on the gospel Mm. uh, because we're trying to be so practical and we're Mm. trying to be so helpful and we're trying to be so relevant 
that what we're really doing is that we are law-centered ministries, not gospel-centered ministries. Mm. Um, So I guess I'm just curious, um, what are some of your observations about the gospel-centered movement in regards to law and gospel? Are there anything, um, is there anything, you know, that you think we've, we've done really well, any pitfalls or correctives that you think would be helpful to highlight Mm. for us? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, I think it's been helpful in general. Um, the gospel-centered movement. I, I've had some friends in in different places say that they've seen that that go, particularly in this area of law gospel, so far as to just um, wink at sin in in a couple of churches they've been a part of. Um, but I don't think most people are struggling <laughs> struggling with that. I, I I think that most of us are still moving towards Phariseeism in our in our faith uh, if we fall into one ditch or the other and so but i do think it's a little bit different that now it's more of ex, i'll call it experiential phariseeism so yeah we know yeah. now because of gospel-centered teaching we, we've got our five solas intact right we know i can't yeah. i didn't earn this i'm saved by grace alone through yeah. faith alone through christ alone um and so those objective truths of the gospel. I think we've done a really good job at emphasizing. I think we need to keep emphasizing that, of course. Yeah. But there's a yeah. there's the um what Dane Ortland calls it the subjective aspects of the gospel that they should flow out of the objective aspects, but they are meant to be actually felt. There's so many parts mm. of the New Testament talk about the peace that Believers should yeah. have the the joy, the um, uh, the lack of anxiety, the the hope that he, uh, even in the midst of deep sorrow and suffering, you read some of the the um, epistles and you think, "Wow, I, I got I got so mad yesterday because my kid just mm-hmm. didn't do what I told him to." And here are these people that the Book of Hebrews is written to; they're they're having all their stuff taken away, and yet. Look, look at the look at the joy, look at the expectation that, that there could be an experience of the gospel that that they they've learned to walk in and 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 feel as much as feel is a is a bad word. Yeah. Um, yeah. In our in, in some ways it's actually a really good word in scripture when it's when right. the, the heart is delighting in God, but so I think I think we've helped people See the objective sides of the gospel: justification by faith, faith alone, um, yep. imputation. Some of these things. I, I mean, there's still so much need for more clear teaching on all of this. But um, yeah. one area I think, particularly for youth, although for adults too, there they may you can give them the answers, but if they don't feel mm-hmm. acceptable, if they still feel shame. I've got to learn to walk with them to bring the objective truths to bear on those, on that, what they're feeling. Um, I yeah. need to disciple their emotions. And that's one thing that I don't think we've gotten very good at. I think in the reformed circles, we're more yeah. in our heads than in our hearts. And so we're oh. <laughs> less good at this. Well, but it's because be- we, we think the word feel is a dirty word. Yeah. 
But yeah. um, you, I mean, youth are being discipled by the world that your feelings yeah. should, mm-hmm. they, they trump everything. And in yep. a sense, if you followed, say, John Piper's ministry, he would say, absolutely. But mm-hmm. you're going to have the most joy. <laughs> you're going to have the, the most peace in Christ. So yeah. pursue ultimate joy. Pursue that Christian mm-hmm. hedonism that you would hear from our friends at Desiring God. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that's, um, if we can't answer mm-hmm. their emotional needs um, in a biblical way, uh, then, then I think we're probably going to lose. Yeah, Does that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. So let's lean into that. And um, so this is going to be our last question for for this conversation for now. Is um, on that pastoral side, mm-hmm. right? So now we, we've walked through the the doctrinal foundation, law and gospel, and the different uses of the law and, and everything. Take take what you've just been talking about. And are there any pastoral recommendations you have for youth workers to help students and parents move away from maybe Mm -hmm. a false view of the role of the law in the Christian Mm -hmm. life? How can we help students and parents embrace Mm -hmm. a biblical approach to law and gospel? Um, A friend, long time working with youth, said he's recently been teaching on union with Christ and um, he's had more trouble with dads than anything. They have mm. they try to make the parents be very engaged. And one of the dads just came out and said, I want my son to worry about if he's pleasing me. Ooh. Right? Um, I want him to not have assurance of my affection. He didn't say it that what? second way. He said it the first way, but the second way is, is, is what often happens in the way we parent and sometimes the way we parent. That's so sad. But I think that the reason those things came out is because they were hearing, not, a, not that the faith is a list of don't do these things, but actually, let's talk about union with Christ. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about you young man, young woman, being united to Christ. And all the images of, of the New Testament that, that unpack that, whether it's marriage or the vine in the branches or adoption, these, and many of these are um, the subjective parts of the yeah. gospel, the things we're meant yeah. to feel and rejoice in and be comforted by. And so I think that um, we do have to avoid making the faith all about the don'ts. I, I feel that in my own mm-hmm. parenting. I, I often will, will talk more about something's happening in, happening in the culture that I'm worried yeah. my kid will fall into instead of helping them see and understand and, and believe the real, the real deal. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, if I, yeah, if that's all I could say, that's what I would say. Yeah. No, that, that's a good word. That's a good word. Um, are there any resources that you would um, strongly recommend on mm. law and gospel and, and these conversations mm. for youth workers? Where could we go to learn more? Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think our ministry union, Reformation Fellowship, we're starting to put out some, some things that could be really helpful. I think the folks that have been doing it, though, the most, the longest, and could 
and some of it's targeted at youth, but all of it could be, I think, deployed in youth ministries. Uh, folks like um, New Growth Press or uh, Surge is a mission agency that has a yeah. has a series of resources. Their their yeah. resource Sonship. I don't know. Um, you'd be a better judge of if it if that would be appropriate for yeah, youth. We're, we're using great. it with with young twenties right now. Um, and so these are all resources, ministries that's that's trying to yeah. that is emphasizing the the yeah. the sub the objective truths of the gospel, but then trying to press that down into the corners and the the cracks in our lives. So yeah, yeah. their their study gospel centered life for for teens uh-huh. is outstanding, and okay. I've used it in my own ministry. Uh, okay. I, I think I use it about every other year for yeah. one of my small groups. And um, yeah, it's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. And then, you know, good books on theology of, of adoption, theology of union. Um, mm-hmm. And if we could get some of those, not translated, but um, communicated uh, to and for youth, I think that would yeah. be a, a real ministry. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, are there any resources from from Union and and Reformation Fellowship that you you think would be of particular benefit mm. for those who are ministering to teenagers? Yeah. Um, w- we had a little book just come out. It's probably sixty pages by Mike Reeves called "Right with God," and um, it's it is hitting on. Um, on both the objective and subjective sides of our justification, mm-hmm. or really the objective and the impact that can have in our felt lives. Um, and so that would be really easy. Like I said, I think 60, yeah. maybe 80 pages, small book, yeah. booklet, Perfect. Um, would be would be a place that I'd point you to. I also think Mike's little, little book... Um, not little, but 180 pages, delighting in the Trinity, um, and a similar book, Rejoicing Christ. That they're they're trying to work out doctrine in a way that that seeps into our our hearts. Um, and particularly in that Rejoicing in Christ, he does spend a chapter on mm-hmm. a, on uh, doctrines like adoption, on union. Yeah. Um, so those are a couple that come to mind. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. haven't read Rejoicing in Christ yet, um, but Delighting in the Trinity is just a, mm. a wonderful uh, theological and devotional reflection on on the Trinity and mm-hmm. uh, on ministry. I I really would commend that especially yeah. to um, all those who are listening in. So, mm. yeah, awesome, um, Justin. If if we want to get connected with you or with um, Union and uh, Reformation Fellowship. Where where should we go online to to find you and to find the yeah. ministry and get connected? Yeah, um, for Union, if you go to www.theolo.gy, that would be the place to go. So it's the word theology with the dot before the before the g. Theolo.gy, um, reffellowship.org is um, Reformation Fellowship's website. Um, do feel free to reach out directly to me. Your listeners can feel free to do that. I'm Justin at theolo.gy. Um, so just my first name and then that mm-hmm. weird little website we've got, uh, <laughs> or URL. So, yeah. um, 
would love to, yeah, if I could, I could be an encouragement if I could point to resources or um, try to serve somehow. We'd be happy to do that. Yeah. Dustin, I'm so thankful for, for you, for your ministry, and for what you guys are doing um, with Union and, and with Reformation Fellowship. And I can't wait to um, participate more and to, to learn from mm. uh, that, that fellowship of, of like-minded, um, theologically rich um, ministers mm. and, and believers who are just pursuing Christ. And um, I, I love that it's not just a theology nerd club, um, mm. but it's, it's theologically rich, yes, but uh, there is a, a, a heart-stirringly deep affection for Christ that really resonates and I think is super, super encouraging. So, Yeah, I'm glad it's been an encouragement. Yeah, Justin, I, I'm, just, I'm just so thankful for you, and uh, thanks for joining us for uh, this conversation. Uh, listeners, if you have found Youth Pastor Theologian recently, I just want to remind you, uh, we do have a free ebook available for download on the website if you subscribe to youthpastortheologian.com. If you click the subscribe button there, then you'll get an email with a download link to our ebook, Youth Ministry is Theological Ministry. And it's a collection of articles from the website that really give you a good capture and snapshot of what YPT is all about. And so don't make, don't sleep on that and uh, make sure you go pick it up. Well, thanks for joining us for this conversation. Please visit youthpastortheologian.com to learn more about our resources. You can find us on social media at Youth Theologian. We also have an active Facebook group where you can ask questions, share articles, and generally encourage fellow youth pastor theologians who are in the trenches with you. We'd sure appreciate it if you'd be so kind as to subscribe, leave a review, or even recommend this podcast to fellow youth workers. You can also subscribe to get new articles delivered to your inbox and to ensure that you don't miss any fresh content by checking out our website at youthpastortheologian.com. Most of all, we appreciate your ministry and your partnership in the gospel. If there's a topic that you'd like us to address, or if you have an article to submit for the blog, then you can also share those on our website by following the submissions tab. In the meantime, keep your eyes on Jesus, and we'll see you next week.